This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, LS Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com We're back and we're ready for it all over again. Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside Beautiful play That is that What a good shot What a goal Far post for Shearer, goal McLaughlin has it, hard deflection and it's a goal Comes to Mitchell I will win this league anyway. Richard, he's hit it. It's Cradley! Colin Doyle strikes again. And a brilliant goal from Harry McCurdy! Here we go again. Huge thanks to JR for keeping everything going during my two-week period of podcast laziness. But here we are, a new season, and joining me for this installment of The Low Strangers is a debutant, a new enthusiastic contributor. It's Ben M. Hello and welcome, Ben. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me on, Rich. Uh, Been listening for, for a long time, so it's nice to get involved. Mm, that's that's lovely and how many how many practices of that hello hello did you do i loved it um dozens maybe lost count after the first few oh yes i don't mind that at all how's the head here you went to a wedding this weekend yeah yeah getting there slowly but surely just about recovered um so yeah hopefully that doesn't translate to this podcast what was the what was the song where everybody was arms around each other it's usually never forget by take that or, uh, or something of similar ilk. What, what, what was it? I'm, I always need to know. Um, there was a few. Um, the, the lad whose wedding it was actually works with uh, dance music, so there was a lot of those things going on. Pretty Green Eyes, Ultra Beat, all the old school bangers. All the hits that I didn't <laughs> listen to at all during that time. Lovely. Okay, well, I mean, it's only... It's only appropriate that you introduce yourself to the listenership and, you know, you're, you're blessed with that lovely Wiltshire accent 
Uh, no, <laughs> so, not in the so, slightest. <laughs> so tell us all about yourself, man. Yeah, this could be a bit of a sticking point, actually. I should have maybe disclosed this before uh, you got me on. So I'm actually from Oxfordshire <laughs> originally. Ooh, that's yeah. fine. That used to be Swindon Heartlands. That's that's okay. So uh, my dad got taken to a game at the county ground um, when he was younger by a Portsmouth fan, actually, and uh, fell in love with the club. So I think it's just kept in the family, as as most do. You don't, you can't choose your family, and I guess you can't choose your club. <laughs> no, absolutely not, absolutely not. I still resent my dad for uh, <laughs> taking me to that game on that on that chilly November Saturday in 1990. I can assure you, especially as he doesn't go anymore. So it's 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 quite a a bitter situation for me. But no, it's fine, isn't it? It's lovely. Uh, this Swindon Town, we we are eventful. We're here to talk about the crew game, um, trying to you know dust off the cobwebs of this. Two weeks not podcasting is, is, is an eternity, so I've kind of forgotten everything on this um, pre-recording. Ben enters the uh, the call with me shouting at my family to be quiet. This 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 is the sort of stuff that that never happens. So sensational stuff from me. But pre-game, Ben, I was talking to a few town fans at different times. And during these conversations, I asked the same question to all of them, if I'm honest, and that was how they thought the new season would treat Swindon Town. And the answers were all the same. And that was, I have absolutely no idea, Rich. And I I, I completely agreed with them. And we were left none the wiser this weekend because it was a clearly improved Swindon Town for about 50, 55 minutes. But before it all went a little bit pear-shaped, but not in a dr- too drastic way. I thought your debut was going to be a nice, easy win. Yeah, so did I. Uh, that's why I volunteered for this one, actually. <laughs> no, I think it's a, it's a sadly familiar story, isn't it? Uh, it was it was promising, and then towards the end, just couldn't couldn't hold on. Um, it seemed to go back to old ways, and whether it's a mixture of the fans or the players, I think once the first goal goes in, it's just heads down a little bit. Mm, yeah, the starting lineup was it was a little bit different from the the draw, and it was a draw at Peterborough. We still had Mahoney in goal. We had that back three of Blake Tracy, Bruett, and Godwin Malife. I'm going to call him Dokes. Uh, then we got. Hutton and Ben Ward making a full debut there. McEachran returning to the squad and Khan in those defensive midfielder roles. Dan Kemp just up in front of them and then up front. Wakeling coming in for the injured Hepburn Murphy and Charlie Austin captaining the sides. A few conversations, or a few topics of conversation from that lineup because I thought it was very interesting that Uwakwe was was rested or benched for this one for Ben Ward. The big discussion was Wakeling coming in for Hepburn Murphy, because I don't know if you're aware of this, you were watching it from the wedding chateau, was that there was a lot of internet gossip about how bad Rashan Hepburn Murphy's injury was. I believe post-match, it was downplayed by Michael Flynn. So people went from he's out for the season with an injury to he's joining Peterborough uh, in one <laughs> in one significant pivot but yeah it was clear in this game that Hepburn Murphy when he's not in the 11 he's going to be a big loss yeah I think so and I think it just shows the drop off of quality uh, and why we need to reinforce uh, in that area I think he's probably been the most improved under Flynn arguably and I think as you can see from him missing um, you know I think it would have made a massive difference if he'd have played and 
just we didn't seem to have many other options. Um, obviously, Austin had the miss um, that he didn't have his greatest game, and I think we just it just proves that we need someone else in there that's an out and out forward, out and out finisher. Um, it's been mentioned on the pod before that you know Jake Young probably isn't even a an out and out striker himself. So I think we definitely need more options. Um, and and Wakelin's been off the boil a little bit. Yeah, I don't think, for example, Dan will be happy until we've got a John Parkin up top. But I did, I did read one comment. A Wayne Allison is what we need, and I, I don't mind that as a reference or as a uh, as a type of player to bring in. But it, it definitely highlighted the lack of depth. Injuries will happen. Yeah. We've we've all identified that. But let's let's go through the game, in, you know, in in order because the first twenty minutes was really good fun, I found, but without anything really, you know, I like to say swashbuckling, don't I? You know, there was nothing like, God, we're going to win this 5 or 6 nil. But crew were a mess. We were just playing around with them a little bit, but not pouncing. And we were really dominant in those opening exchanges without doing too much. But it was just really nice because, and as we'll listen in the, in the listeners' contribution section, it was completely different to what we saw under Scott Lindsay for the for the majority of that tenure and completely different to the Jody Morris tail end of the season where it was actually quite fun watching Swindon get forward and give give crew a little bit of a, a battering without getting rewarded for it. Yeah, I think so. I think it was a lot more of a dynamic performance and you know, if we're looking to get the fans on board, then playing with that intensity like we did at the start is always going to help. Um, I think any fan likes it, a tackle, uh, a challenge, closing down. So I think that's one way of getting the fans uh, on the side with the new team. And yeah, it was. It was really exciting to watch. I think last season, um, when we played the three at the back at, at points, you know, I was dreading Flynn coming in because with him playing three at the back, I just had the scarred memories of 60% possession, um, but all in our own half. So it was actually quite nice to see how it could work because I think I'm a little bit sceptical as a result of the way that we've played uh, when we played in that formation. But, I mean, centre-backs making marauding runs, people breaking the lines, I think it was it was a lot better um, than we'd seen. Um, so, yeah, the promising signs at the, at the start. Yeah. The big thing I remember from the, from the opening 20 minutes was crew, despite playing more games in this this year by a whole one, really trying to get used to the new rules about, you know, what you can and can't say to an official because in quick succession, they had two booked for dissent. Uh, and then Zach Williams got booked for a foul and they just seemed so rattled and it was wonderful. And I was really, really excited. And that, that was justified just a minute or two after Williams was booked when Dokes got his goal. Blake Tracy Cross is partially cleared by Courtney Baker Richardson uh, before a firm-headed return from Ben Ward reaches uh, our very own defensive singer, Dokes, who in turn twists impressively, dumbfounding Luke Offord and heading comprehensively past Harvey Davies. When I when I saw this in, in real time, it looked like it was below sea level. It was so low. It was it wasn't so it wasn't as low as it, it seemed from my stance, my view in the Don Rogers. But that's Stokes' first goal for Swindon, his first goal in the EFL, his first goal since scoring for Oxford City Nomads in the Hellenic League 
all those years ago and just a week after he went viral so he's having a great month he is yeah definitely i think uh it's it's surprising to know that that's his first EFL goal um just because of the way he finished it strikers finish really with a header but i think that's just just goes to show the the value of putting the ball in the box. Uh, we didn't do that enough last season. I think we tried to to play it around. And I, I actually I did a bit of writing last season and, and said that total football doesn't work in League Two. Um, and while that <laughs> might be extreme, uh, I think well yesterday proved that you know just putting the ball in the box, getting the second balls, yeah, allowed him to to get that great finish and also the celebration, which I hope he'll uh, he'll be doing more of this season. Hope becomes his trademark. Oh, yeah, that's allowed. I was listening to James Richardson's analysis of of uh, Dokes' singing, and I've I got to be honest, I'm, I'm completely in agreement with him. You know, these sort of initiations are borderline punishment. They're designed to make you look stupid. And when someone gets gets in with a velvety voice like that, it's kind of like, well, you know, where's the fun in this? I was having none of it. I think it was shameful. Um, yeah. I give him, don't let him choose a song. I, I want him, you know, really, really having to work for that. But uh, football's changed, hasn't it? You, you know, oh, I was, I was furious. Yeah, I think most people, it would be a nightmare. I know for me, it was certainly would be. I couldn't think of anything worse, but it looked like he was in his element. I think he was waiting for that, the moment to be asked. I've asked the question many times to to ex pros on this podcast. What was their song? And always disappointed with them oh, I don't remember of course you do you remember that because of the anxiety of standing on that horrible chair in a hotel which you're convinced is going to fall through just as you hit the high note and you just go by stand by me by any kit Benny King and, and then just deal with it but what would yours be oh you put me on the spot there um pretty green eyes Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe just because not everybody would know it. But yeah, no, I think something, something quite, uh, quite easy would be the one. It certainly wouldn't be John Legend anyway. Absolutely not. <laughs> I, I want to talk about why total football can't work in League Two. I think this is going to be your niche. What's going on here? I think it was just after weeks of watching Swindon try and play uh, <laughs> passing after pass after pass. Um, it just, it just ground me down a little bit to the point where I wrote something about it. But, you know, I think on reflection... Uh, a mixture could probably work. I think it's the balance can probably work, but you need to know when to put it in. Um, and I think that's what I was speaking about when I mentioned that total football doesn't work. I think it was probably more to do with just being uh, frustrated with Swindon, to be honest, trying to trying to play passive football when it clearly wasn't working and not having a plan B. It can happen if you believe. And <laughs> if you believe in it, it will there can be miracles if you believe. Um, <laughs> I, I firmly believe that. I, I need to give a little bit more love to Dokes for that finish. And I think you're completely right. It was a proper centre forward. The, the Just getting your head and your body into that position. Because um, he, he, he was quite tightly marked, I, I felt. You know, I don't think it was terrible defending by the uh, crew defence. But he did have bloody good job yeah definitely just seemed to be able to get across him uh first and it was that split second that made the difference yeah yeah and then things you know just continued in the similar vein uh Swindon on top I think there was a little period in the first half where crew started to just you know weather it a little bit and, and move forward but it was all sort of speculative shots which were nicely dealt with by Mahoney the goalkeeper at the other at the other end he seemed to spill almost everything comfortably get the the get the ball back but i always felt like why isn't anyone running in 
during during this half. Connor Thomas, ex Swindon, as we know, he had an absolute mare. He yeah. was terrible for Swindon, uh, for for Crew, and he's usually quite useful against us. I know he wasn't the greatest in his season at Swindon, but he was he was taken off at halftime, and I'm 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 you know, always make a point of saying that I'm really rubbish at analysing football. But there were a couple of performances which we'll get to, and Connor Thomas was one of them where it was just like, well, woof. <laughs> this is this is not your day, Mr. Thomas. Yeah, yeah. I know you mentioned about a couple of crew players losing their head early on, and I think he was uh, probably one of those that that did uh, the most. He seemed to just be rattled from the start. Yeah, absolutely. And and Jack Powell, former trialist, was another one who just looked grumpy f- throughout the game, and he he improved. Um, but yeah, one nil at half time, and. Uh, Lee Bell, the crew manager, he, he called that first half performance unacceptable. He cited it was the experienced players making the mistakes. Connor Thomas, if you listen to their socials, the, the their social media officer, head of media comms, whatever, he sounds about seventy. Proper northern. Uh, he tried to blame the referee for the first half bookings, but in fairness to Lee Bell, he was having any of it. Uh, and but then went in two footed on the officials when he was talking about his booking later, saying, you know, <laughs> game's gone if you can't say anything anymore and we'll all be wrapped up in cotton wool. But I, I think it was a fair reflection. I think crew were terrible. And and my messages at halftime wasn't like you know, I, I it it's it's a fine line with me, with me just not being able to give Swindon credit and saying, you know, we're actually playing very well. I thought we were very good in that first half, but crew were not at the races at all. Yeah, I think so. Um, You mentioned about being grumpy. I think the whole team maybe were grumpy. Uh, They could have been tired. It must have been a long night after the Carabao Cup win uh, up in Sunderland. But yeah, they just didn't seem to be at the races at all. Um, And I think Swindon were all over them to start with. Um, But yeah... If only that lasted for 90 minutes. If only it did. And the reason why it wasn't a perfect first half performance is because there were a couple of Swindon players who didn't have the greatest of games. Um, and I think for two different reasons. And they were Ben Ward making his debut uh, in the league, his first ever EFL game, and also Jake Wakeling. Jake Wakeling got injured very early on and I don't know if he was winded, but he never recovered from it. Now I've seen a lot of Jake Wakeling and I've mentioned it a lot on this podcast over the last month or so where when I've seen him in friendlies, I've always sort of given him the credit that he's clearly trying, but he just isn't getting the rub of the green. And it looked that way again, but I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt um, because he was down hurt. For, for quite a segment at one stage and he, he kept going and I think that was probably enough. Poor old Ben Ward, pre-game Ben, I saw Ben Ward asking the uh, door staff in the Legends Lounge where the player's entrance was. So that's how <laughs> recent he he joined. Yeah, he, he, he didn't have the greatest of halves, I don't think, but he'll need time. Yeah, I think so. And I think, obviously, he's, he's quite an, an experienced player. I know he's played in the lower leagues for a bit, but it's his first experience of like, true um football league so ideally you want to be introducing him gradually but as Flynn obviously made the decision to to bench Iwakwe I think he was thrown in at the deep end a little bit and I think probably nine times out of ten Iwakwe starts but I think I don't know reading between the lines maybe he was trying to make uh, Flynn was trying to you know make a point to Iwakwe that he needs to up his fitness um again player that's coming late and needs to get up to speed um I'll imagine they'd have done a lot of fitness and in getting the intensity up because of the way that he wants to play. So I think 
hopefully that'll that'll sort itself out. I think Gawakwe starts most matches and then Ward is either back up for him or play, you know, in centre back where he's more accustomed to. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about the dreaded fatigue and tiredness discussion because this is the second summer in a row where we're talking about our players being too tired one game into the football season, which which maybe it's grumpy old man syndrome, but it just doesn't feel right. But I thought the substitutions, and I was really happy with them. I thought they were absolutely spot on by Michael Flynn. You know, we, substituting players at halftime isn't a risk anymore. So do it if it's not working, because it was a very positive half. And I don't think them staying on would have made us better. I think that they were the right subs and Jake Young was pretty quick to justify his presence on the pitch and Uwagwe didn't have the greatest game in the world but it was definitely a bar one five minute spell where everything seemed to go wrong for Uwagwe I I think it was it was an improved performance in the second half from those is is there much to read here or do you put this down to just it's just game one Rich just let's get a few more games behind and we'll see if Wakeling is struggling and we'll see if if Ben Ward is is up to it yeah I think so I think we probably fell victim to the players coming in so late as you know Swindon fans have alluded to many a time uh, over pre-season myself included um so I think we'll see them bedded in I think players that were already here such as Hepburn Murphy they've improved under under Flynn uh, so far so you know touch wood I think that Hopefully, we'll see that from the players that have come in later, but it takes time for them to get up to speed. So, yeah, that's me with my rose-tinted Swindon glasses on. Um, they could be the same, but I think they will improve um, given time um, for both fitness and also to to work out the system that Flynn wants to play. On Jake Wakelin, I think it's a bit of a strange one. Um, I'll give him credit for the fact that he took a bit of a knock, but I think that's one of his issues is that he is a little bit too lightweight. So he, I think he does need to beef up. I mean, I think, again, ideally a lone move would work quite well for him. But to do that, we need somebody else to to go up front or at least provide another option because we, we don't have an abundance of strikers as it is. So I think if budget allows, we get another striker in, that could be an option. But we, we shall see. We shall. We shall. It's, it's so hard talking about the season before September 1st because so much can happen. It could, we could, you know, he's saying audibly that he thinks we're going to get two in, but that sometimes under previous regimes and managers means we get six in. It, sometimes it means we get nobody in. And then suddenly somebody leaves without us really um, having any idea of that happening. So until until the the new month arrives that it really is just a guessing game yeah i'm seeing hints of welling so i'm hoping that uh he's going to be have a few up his sleeve oh i hope so well swindon town's performance it, it didn't dip uh, after half time in fact it improved goal pretty much straight after the restart jake young was instantly a nuisance he, he got close shortly before he scored but the goal itself came out of patient build-up play which got to Fraser Blake Tracy, placed the ball to Jake Young, who sort of out of nowhere, you didn't anticipate it, absolutely blasted it from outside the box. And it looks amazing on YouTube. But I'll tell you this, Ben, it looks so much better from my view at the Don Rogers stand. It looks, it's a great goal, but live, it was just like, wow. And in terms of the atmosphere, I think when you hear the goal, in the highlights, it, it, it sort of it shows what it was, what, what what happened really. And Swindon have struggled with atmosphere over the last year or so, 
And there was a good crowd there this weekend, 9,000. Townend had moments of, of singing, but it was very much this sort of first day back of school sort of feeling in, in the crowd where there may be a, a lot of people there who aren't at the games a lot. There was a lot of people around me asking questions that clearly didn't know anything about Swindon Town and that can also be detrimental to atmosphere. It was very flat, especially in the second half when things were even going quite well. But the roar when that went in, the biggest travesty is is that it wasn't in front of the town end because it was a lovely finish. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, had, he seemed to have no space and he had like a, a, the touch that just took it out a couple of yards and then finish. Um, it's a fair play. I think it was February the last time he scored. Um, so I bet that one felt good. Yeah. And those are the goals he's known for too so if you've looked at his show reel so to speak or at least just looked at his two goals from last season they're not tappings you know if you give him that opportunity he will give it a go and he, he he might he might score them it's the problem is it seems with Jake Young is that consistency and he did fall away in the first after that after that amazing first goal he wasn't as much of a nuisance for the remainder of the game, which was a shame because if he kept that up, that intensity up even for 10, 15, 20 minutes more, oh, he, he would have been a very exciting prospect. And I'm sure he will be. I mean, if he just does that once every other game, then we'll probably feel the benefit of that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not a bad start, is it? I think when you've got Austin playing, although he did drop back and, and help out quite a lot, we want him further up the pitch and we need that player to be intense. I think similarly to Iwakwe and, and the other new players, um, it will take a little bit of time, mm, hopefully. Yes, hopefully, indeed. Before we get to the important capitulation, the frustrating capitulation, let's talk about the scoreboard capitulation. What a moment that was for us in the in the Don Rogers. It seemed to be a whole block realised. It's amazing how many people look at the scoreboard, uh, you know, instead of looking at their own watches and following it on apps or so forth. Um, I think a new rule this year is when it gets to 45, it no longer stops. They've got to show the injury time, which I'm a big fan of. But because around the 60th minute, the clock just stopped. They tried to reset it and start it at the right time. And then they just turned it off altogether. And despite the game not being terrible, it was scintillating to just watch it play out and waiting for the score. (laughs) Usually this is reserved for when you're 3-0 down or it's 0-0 and going nowhere. But for whatever reason, the scoreboard going kaplunk on game one, it just was the talk of the town. Added a bit of excitement. I think it must have been there a fair few years now. Maybe that's something that, that needs upgrading eventually. Maybe. Well, I mean, I, I think what I'm tiptoeing towards is maybe blaming it for all the Swindon Swindon's woes for the remainder of the game because during these fun and games, crew pulled one back through Zach Williams. Uh, Jack Powell, that former trialist, placed it to Zach Williams. No urgency in closing him down at all. He even has a heavy-ish first touch. Not a terrible first touch, but if someone's closing him down, they're going to be able to get to the ball, I think, or at least put in a tackle. His second touch was to absolutely leather it. And as a fan of the opposition, I feel duty-bound to describe it as a speculative effort. But regardless, Mahoney's sight of the ball seems obscured. It seemed worse in real time. I think, again, it's all about camera angles. I think Michael Flynn said that he couldn't see it and it it seemed clear that Mahoney got to it late. 
I feel frustrated because if Bruett just sticks his leg out instead of sort of getting out of its way, it doesn't go in. Um, but th- everybody knows about my anti-Bruett agenda. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm no. reluctant. I, oh, yeah, it's his fault. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on this one. I think that's what I took away from watching it is that if he if he stuck his leg out rather than just putting his hands behind his back, um, then potentially it could have been blocked. But um, yeah, all if puts and maybes. I think, it was, I mean, it was a great strike. But as you say, if he gets closed down by the players then you know potentially he doesn't even get the shot away or it gets blocked you know outside of the box or yeah before it even gets close I completely agree I I think the biggest crime here is not closing Zach Williams down he's a defender I think um you know we shouldn't be fearful of these attacking (laughs) attacking defenders just close him down but they were static he put in a shot it bounces before he even gets to Mahoney so he does lever it but it's not like a rocket yeah, it was it was a great shame, a great shame yeah. because it, it came out of nowhere. It felt at the time, you know, what crew were beginning to do positively felt manageable. It didn't feel like things were going to just fall apart. But that's reserved for after Zach Williams's goal when crew did look like the better side. And it was there was one stage in this in this half where I said to Rich next to me, "This is either going to be three one or two two. And, well, we, we know what's going to happen in just a moment. Um, there was one big chance for Crew to equalise just before uh, just before the goal, um, and that was the free kick. And a, a huge moment for modern football where it showed that the draft excluder does not work <laughs> every single time. They might need to get maintenance staff on that because Dan Kemp was lying there and uh, Chris Long's free kick went under the wall, but over the draft excluder. Quite a talented thing to do, I suppose, but it was an absolutely stunning save by Murphy Mahoney. Yeah, great reaction. I think he he sort of uh, could see it going that way, so uh, he was able to make the move early, but I think Swindon's lack of height, once again, <laughs> could have cost us. Um, I've watched it back several times, and I still can't work out how it's gone under the wall and, and around or over Kemp, but there we go. Yeah, great save. And I think he could be a real gem, Mahoney. Um, shot stopping wise anyway, I think he's been superb so far. Yeah, agreed. I, I guess with Kemp lying there, it allows Mahoney to know that where the ball isn't going to go. Um, so he could anticipate the bottom corner a little bit better than if it wasn't there, I guess. But it it, it was quite funny how it, he seemed a bit further back than draft excluder actions. It's a terrible, it's a silly thing, is it? It's silly, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think that's proven that we probably need to get get rid of it. Yeah. And, and what's so frustrating about this half is when, when Young scores and everything up until the 60th minute, now crew are getting back into the game before Zach Williams scores. But for the first, up until 55 minutes, the crew players are dejected. Their body language is, is all over the shop. The crew bench are quiet. They're not waving their arms. They're just, you know, they're just they're just thinking about, you know, the next game and how much of a great time they had at Sunderland in midweek. Crew fans sat there wondering if they're going to go to a service station as a Burger King KFC or a McDonald's. You know, no, everybody seems to be at peace <laughs> that Swindon are going to win this game, and then it just absolutely falls apart and. It was coming. It was coming, the, the goal for Crew, but not before Charlie Austin. Oh, Charlie Austin. Charlie, 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 Charlie Austin. And a great cross by substitute Liam Kinsella. 
a free header, his bread and butter, what he's here to do. He doesn't get many opportunities. So when he gets them, we have to expect he's going to at least get it on target. And he heads down, which is the right thing to do, but he just it's, he miscues it and it, it goes wide and he'll regret it a few minutes later. Yeah, I think he scores that and it's game over. Um, his only saving grace, potentially, I've seen someone mention that maybe he saw it late or didn't think he'd get to it, but he's, yeah, he's got to be finishing that. And I think for all of Cruz's pressure after the goal, um, we did have a couple of breakout moments and obviously Kinsella's ball was was fantastic to get to Austin, but I mean, nine times out of 10, he scores that and and we're celebrating a win, Um, but that's football. Um, And I think if he gets the chance again, he'd do it um, and put it in the back of the net. But yeah, Uh, yeah. it's some maybes. If, but some maybes. And Charlie Austin has blown quite hot and cold since returning, scintillating one game, not at the races the next. He doesn't appear to be a 90-minute player. He's come back from preseason and he doesn't look any fitter than he was when he first joined. He probably played the 90 minutes out of necessity because of Wakelin's injury. And I imagine if we would have held on for a little bit longer, maybe Harrison Minton would have come on and we would have had an extra defensive option. He cannot be expected to play 90 minutes week in, week out. He's going to go and score a hat-trick at Forest Green Rovers now. And that is pretty much, I think, what we're going to see from Charlie. You know, one one game, amazing. The next game, not so much. How do we fix this? I mean, it's quite clear that he we just need more options up there so we don't rely too much on, on Charlie or rely on Charlie like we relied on him over a decade ago. Yeah, I think it's as simple as that. He's not the same player. Uh that he was when he was at Swindon first uh, time round. And I think he needs probably a like-for-like replacement or at least someone that's experienced, um, you know, can finish. The options that we've got other than Charlie Austin, you know, they're all sort of pacey forwards. Um, so I just think we need a like-for-like replacement, really. But obviously those things cost money, experience and finishing ability. So, yeah, I think Flynn's made some good signings, though, so far. So I'm, I'm excited to see what he pulls up because I think that is clearly the fix, uh, is we need someone else to help keep Charlie fresh and, and give him a break when he needs it. Absolutely agree. And the reason why he was really made to regret it was, was what, two minutes later? Crew, who were knocking on the door, uh, equalised through Rio Adebisi, Crew moved the ball around quite well. It ends at Joel Tabiner or Tabiner, I don't know, but he puts in a perfect cross. And this is where I get quite critical of Town's defence. Now, Town's defence in this game got a lot of praise from Swindon Town fans, which is great. Moving forward, we were brilliant, but the frailties are there, just like the scoreboard. The frailties are still there. And and I think there's there's various areas from this that annoy me. As, as somebody who was there. And that was because it was utterly preventable. Nevitt gets goal side of Dokes. He's still under a lot of pressure from the town number 22. So I think Dokes has pretty much got him. And if it gets to Nevitt, who was quite a nuisance when he came on, I think I think it would have been okay. Tom Brewitt completely loses Shiloh Tracy in the middle. Any reflex save by Mahoney would have just gone straight to Tracy, who would have just tapped it in. Look at it again. I know that again I'm really critical often of Tom Brewer I've given him a clean slate he played well generally over the game but watch the highlights again he has lost his man completely 
But the biggest offender, sadly, is Romeo Hutton because he is Adebisi's guy and he loses him on the far post and it's far too easy a header. Um, so, so frustrating, this one. And this one angered me for a few hours after um, mm-hmm. because it was so preventable. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't want to go in too much on Hutton because obviously he, he gives a lot going forward. But I think defensively, you know, obviously he needs to improve. I think that was quite clear last season and, and again yesterday. I mean, before the goal, Crew um, put in a cross as well and the, the man headed over the bar, but that was Hutton's man um, that he'd lost again. So, yeah, I think if he was to improve that, you know, there's been rumour that there's been interest from League One clubs, but I think his, his ceiling's probably higher than that if he sorts the defensive side of his game out. But I think that's something that definitely needs addressing because that goal was very preventable. And I think if he doesn't lose his man, you know, he, he can clear it. Yeah, Michael Flynn agrees. His post-match, which was actually very, very good. Um, he, he said everything that I saw, which is always reassuring with, with, a, with a new manager. When they, when they say something, you're like, oh, thank goodness he's not trying to polish it because he was clearly, you know, you might not get it through listening to it on the radio, but when you look at the video, he was, he was clearly annoyed at the manner of, of that of that way of not winning the game. And I was really, really happy with how content and positive the Swindon Town fan base and I'm more annoyed with myself that I was so annoyed. I was I was absolutely in a well, I was in a foul mood um on the way home. And I simmered down. Um and and I I, I just read the sort of lists of what happened to Swindon in that second half and our very own variable Abbott Dave in the WhatsApp group observed that five of the 11 who were on the pitch at full time have only officially been town players for the last couple of weeks, which surely contributes to town's failings in the second half. Our failings are the sort of thing that you sort out during pre-season, which they weren't a part of. My question then, I guess, to you, Ben, is during those last 35, 40 minutes, was it due to too many players getting used to their new surroundings? Could it have been overconfident? Swindon have been really driving the togetherness and there was maybe we just thought the job was done. Was it good old-fashioned sitting back at 2-0 and just, you know, or was it the dreaded fatigue setting in? And in August, mid-August, we're talking about players being tired. Or was it a combination of all of those what do you reckon? Um, I'm going to sit on the fence, yeah. uh, really. I think it's a combination of them all. I think we fell victim to the fact that a lot of the new players came in late, as I've said. Um, so with the way Flynn wants us to play, that requires quite a lot of intensity and a high level of fitness. Um, and, you know, listening to Flynn's post-match interview where he talks about a way needing to improve his fitness, I think that probably plays a part in it. Um, but I think, you know, we also forget that while there were a lot of new players in the team, um, we started with seven players who played through that poor spell at the end of last season. And I think for as long as I can remember, we've always been better away than we are at home. Um, and I think there's probably a bit of a hangover with that from both the players and probably the fans as well. So I think the fans have seen us squander leads far too many times. As soon as the Williams goal went in, I felt like the equaliser was going to, going to be inevitable. And that probably translated to the, the fans and then obviously to the players on the pitch. Um so, yeah, I think it's probably a combination. Um, crew had a sustained period of pressure after they scored the first goal and, you know, we just started to sit back and revert to type a little bit. Um, and I think that was our, our downfall in the end because up to that point, 
you know, we, we were the better team. And whether that's down to fatigue that we couldn't have carried on playing that way or because of the fact it was 2-0, we, you know, we weren't sure whether to go for a third or, or sit back. And in the end, we didn't do either. Uh, we didn't hold the lead. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And, and crew did absolutely improve in that second half. But the thing that I guess is a, is a if it's a red flag, it's a very small red flag, is that it didn't take much for crew to improve, to, to make Swindon struggle. You know, it, it was a very marginally increase of of pressure that saw Crew score two goals, and I don't like that. That that worries me a little bit. But generally, it, it was a very very sound, positive first night in the league, and that's the thing that I, I want to take away from it. And I think the last moment, the new rules coming in means that Connor Brown, if he's still the sub goalie, he's going to get a game because goalkeepers are going to get suspended all across the EFL for time-wasting. I think both goalkeepers got yellows uh, this weekend, but the the most important yellow card came right at the end from Tom Brewett. His cynical foul um, as as crew countered saved the game. And it was... <laughs> he, he got an applause from me at that moment, I tell you, because had he not just tripped the, uh, the attacking crew player... They were through, and they did have a couple of moments in in injury time where it was like, "No, don't do this. We don't deserve to lose." But that was that was a crucial tackle by Brewer at the end. Yeah, I'm glad he's got up in your estimation slightly at least with uh, with that foul. But I think it was needed. I think he, the, the player would have been through. Um, so he's just shown a bit of nous there, hasn't he? And, and brought him down. Um, rightful, rightfully a yellow card. I think as well the referee well well he did give yellows for time wasted and that was good to see there were a couple of tackles that could have been maybe more um he, he missed a couple so i think there's still the inconsistency uh, there a little bit but i think tom Bruitts was definitely deserved mm, yeah um yeah he did miss a few bit there was some really quite sensational uh, <laughs> things he missed closer to the don rogers where both in Swindon's favour and against, where he just didn't see it, um, and then blew up for something very, very minor shortly afterwards, maybe to save his blushes. There was one moment where he'd forgotten about Wakeling in the first half being off the pitch, and it took ages for him to wave on and clearly had someone in his ear because about 40 seconds after he could have brought him on, he didn't do it. But, you know, that that's uh, I'm always reluctant to blame officials for, for any uh, football woes, but it, it wasn't a terrible officiating performance that's a really awful way of complimenting someone for their for their weekend's work but there we go let's you know for balance let's get some listeners contributions because that's where tom brewitt really does fly so let's, let's listen to some fan contributions and come back that's well hit brilliantly hits jake young two minutes after half time and two minutes after coming on his first swindon goal and it was a rocket on loan from Bradford, and a goal on his home debut. Brilliantly finished, lovely build-up play, and how about that? Here we go then, the first fan contributions of 23-24. We start with Swinbart, who says, only one game, but looks like the same frailties as last season, cannot see out of game, and concede in the last 10 minutes. Dylan C. Tome says Austin looks horrendous when he hasn't got Hepburn Murphy up alongside him to do all the hard work. 
STFC Liam says Chaz needs to be dropped. Swindon Spartan says once they got their first goal, felt like the draw was inevitable. Lots to work on, but a decent enough start. Mountford 14 says solid first 50 minutes, just ran out of energy. Wasn't too impressed with the two left wing backs, but thought Bruett was Man of the match, Wardy Ward 1 says, played well for 50 minutes, then last season's frailties returned and holding on in the end, still need that dominant centre-half and another striker. Man of the match, Kemp, tidy in possession and worked hard. Bernie Man says, I'll start by saying I would rather watch that than the turgid dross served up last season. First 30 looked decent, ironically, until we scored. Seemed to struggle after that. It looked like fitness, which is a slight worry. I think it's going to take four or five games. Man of the match, Dokes. Swindon 60 says, much, much better than under Morris. Much more organised, completely outplayed crew in the first half. However, the lack of options on the bench when players are tiring seems to be an issue. Austin seems to be missing a bit of sharpness at the moment. Hopefully it will come. STFC 1969 says good first intensity dropped after second goal, which allowed them back into it though. It's individual mistakes. That's cost us first crew goal. No real pressure. Austin's missed. And that defended by Hutton for the second is awful. Still shows our lack of depth, but content overall. Man of the match, McEachran. Pyman80 says, new season, same shitty errors. The game was done. Crew are dreadful, but finished much the better team. Some good performances, some problem areas. Man of the match, Dokes. Green Pumice says, man of the match, Dokes. Chaz should have killed it off before the equaliser. Work in progress, need additions. Two points lost, obviously room for improvement. Crew might be a bit better than build, though. Is Rush off to League One? Missed his pace today. The Swings and Magic Roundabouts podcast said, looked weak on our left. Austin needs better support. We switched off to allow them to equalise. Goals were great, though. Tough month but plenty of positives. Khan, Young, Brewitt and Dokes all played well. Man of the match, Dokes' goal with some vital interceptions. Dirk Cope says, a bit of a frustrating one. Thought we looked in control and solid for the first 50 minutes or so and then dropped off and we started making mistakes. Back three looked good. Not sure about Uwakwe or Ward at left wing back though. Lots of learning opportunities. Man of the match, Dokes. Metaman says, so much potential in this team, and in my humble opinion, we are much better than last season. Great start today, but we miss Hepburn Murphy. I believe we would have been out of sight with him playing. However, 2-0 up, kill the game, play the ball. Disappointing not to have all three points. Kean Kingers says, I don't know how, but someone needs to get this team to not switch off after an hour. Whereas Craig Clarkey says, very strong start, but unfortunately unable to maintain the quality of the first half in the second. Any one of our three at the back could have taken man of the match. Good performances from Khan and McEachran too. Overall, big improvement on last season. Simon Macy says, excellent first half, but crew improved and were the better team in the second half. Back three, Khan, McEachran and Kemp all very good and worked hard. Austin very quiet and the one chance he had, he headed wide from close range and should have scored. Disappointed, but not a disaster. 
Michael Benke says, being positive, there was some really bright play and we created enough chances to win. So think there are good foundations, but match fitness, understandably not there yet. And a few players off their game. Broadly encouraging, though a bit disappointing not to get the three points. Ian Wilmer says, taking the positives, had we not taken our foot off the gas, I think we'd have won that easily. Lessons hopefully learned, but certainly more to be pleased about than last season. Few weeks for the few players in late to get up to speed and a few more additions think will be okay. Matt Hyatt, 24, better than it's been since Wellens. We will be fine. Sean Jobin says, we were so much better than them for 60 minutes. It must have been fatigue. Let's in that crew team back in the game. Dave 01921275 says, so much better than almost any game last season. Old players look better and seem to know what to do. And the new players looked good. Got tired and looked a little looser at the end, but all round happy and excited for the season. Feels a nice change. Neil McLaughlin says 100% improvement on last season's entertainment. Threw it away in the end, but it's a good start to build on. Bruett, man of the match. Great commitment. Steve Brown says looked weak in the middle. Need a bit of still as current options are lightweight and needed pace and movement up front. We really missed Hepburn Murphy. Red MC88 says we thought we won and took our foot off the pedal. Allowed crew to get their tempo Austin looked a yard off the pace towards the last 20. Ward worked hard but needs a few games to get to full fitness and Brewitt was man of the match. CJ69 says, style of play much more enjoyable to watch than last season. Concerned at how much we faded in the second half. Match fitness, an issue maybe having missed last Saturday. Definitely need the anticipated additions. Bennett Carews is close to being great. I thought we were poor up top and whilst we did pretty things we should have caused crew more problems i like the back three playing out of defense they were a bit exposed when defending though onwards and upwards ben ginningham says lots of positives Chaz looked fitter than last season although only two games in so you'd hope so dokes looked good blake tracy man of the match john stevens says obviously a work in progress with late arrivals, not fully fit. Austin had a poor game and Kemp didn't live up to the recent hype. Definitely need two strikers now. We'll be at least another month before we'll know exactly what sort of season it will be. Man of the match, Blake Tracy. I love One Direction 04, says Brewitt. Man of the match for me, really improved compared to last season. Tom Elliott says fast attacking football, which was thoroughly entertaining. Team looked well coached, but passing was slightly awry in the final third. Flynn analysed the game well post-match and will improve game management. It's going to be a fun season. Man of the match, Brewitt. And finally, Paul D says two points dropped, but lots of positives to build on. Worth bearing in mind, a lot of the players have only been together for a couple of weeks. This will be a formidable side once they all gel. Right then, so the the big takes from the listeners' contributions is Flynn's style is much, much better than Scott Lindsay and Jody Morris from last season. Hepburn Murphy is a massive loss to Swindon. There's concerns about Charlie Austin's fitness. Town fans really, really, really like Tom Brewitt. Fans 
are choosing to take the positives, which is absolutely right. Slight worries about the familiar defensive frailties. And ultimately, whether you're glass half empty, glass half full, we're just one game in. There was a few comments there that has just declared this. This is the bet. This is much better. It's just one game. Um, whether you're positive or negative, we really need a few more before we can we can declare this better. But very, very positive. I'm not using green shoots as a phrase. Anyone that uses it will be uh, eliminated from the recording straight away. Oh, I'll have to, to, to stop that then. Um, <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it was definitely promising. I think since probably Plymouth in pre-season and obviously the, the League Cup match in the week, it's, it all sounds really positive. I think, I mean, it wouldn't have taken much to improve on Morris's efforts, but, you know, the team seemed to be markedly better than both Lindsay and Morris's teams that he put out. The effort, the, the dynamic positions, as, as I've mentioned, just the ability to try something different and put the ball in the box. I think those are all things that fans appreciate um, and the intensity, the effort. Yeah, so I, I'm, feel, I'm feeling good. I mean, we, we should have won the game, but it will it will take time to to get rid of the, the defensive frailties. I think uh, at the counter ground, it seems to be a bit cursed, but I, I think I trust Flynn. Uh, to get them to get them going and hopefully to shore that defence up because I think if we do we look really good going forward. Yeah, I completely agree and I, and I, I've, I do have faith in Michael Flynn to to get a note over time in these. It's, it's quite funny, isn't it? Because the defensive three got loads of praise. Uh, Fraser Blake Tracy got the sponsors man of the match, as we'll discuss now. You know, one of the it was a two horse race on who who got the man of the match from the listeners, and they were both centre backs that weren't. Fraser Blake Tracy, but at the same time, we gave away soft goals. It, it, it's it's going to be very frustrating. Um, in terms of Man of Match nominations, there were nods for, as I said, Blake Tracy, George McEachran. I think Kemp got a few, although I think Kemp was a little bit disappointing um, for his home debut. But, you know, they're not all going to be winners, are they? But it was between Tom Brewitt and Dokes, and Dokes just squeezed past Tom Brewitt. Both very solid performances, but I think Dokes scoring that goal and having the voice of an angel has probably earned him. They're, they're both going to be cult heroes. Tom Brewitt's going to have a podcast named after him at some point. I'm pretty sure I do see parallels between Brewitt and and uh, Tom Broadbent and, dare I say, Jamie Sendles white Players that were limited, but they were committed and you know they gave it a bloody good go. And I see... I see similarities between those. Yeah, I think we've missed that for a while. So uh, I see where the fans are going from there. And uh, on Dokes, yeah, he's definitely going to be a Swindon darling. Um, and I would probably say that he'd be my man of the match as well. We're going for it. We're going to go double Dokes. Yeah, at the um, risk of copping out. I was quite satisfied yesterday that Blake Tracy got man of the match. I didn't have any going, really? Um, I think he is rapidly becoming my favourite Swindon Town player. I think he's he's gloriously mouthy. Um he doesn't really make many errors. He's, he's he can he can absolutely whack it in an attacking sense and I think he 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 organizes a defence pretty well. So I I'm I would have probably gone with Blake Tracy but Dotes gets it for a debut goal and, and a really quite solid his first half was was pretty much flawless I think from memory uh, I don't recall him making too many mistakes if any in the seconds um, I did because of my hyper analysis of Tom Bruitt saw a few misplaced passes that just that that pace worries me and the two goals contributions 
<laughs> I, I'm glad I don't run our social media channels anymore because uh, Dave's going to be busy on Monday. <laughs> yeah, no, I think he uh, Dokes deserves to win it um, on that showing. I think uh, in in the first half, especially, um, we broke and someone pulled the ball back and I had to watch it back on the replay because I couldn't believe that it was uh, it was him um, so far up the pitch. But yeah, no, I think it's it's really promising. I think both him and Blake Tracy um, defensively look sound and Blake Tracy's probably showing more of what he can do going forward. I think this sort of left centre-back position where he can get forward, but also there's a, a focus on defending. I think that's perfect for him. Um, and I think he is, is shining. So, yeah, long may it continue. Absolutely. So we've got Forest Green Rovers coming up. Do you go with the 11 that finished the game or do you go with the 11 that started the second half, I should say? Um, or do you make more changes? I would probably start with a whackway. I think Kinsella so far has been good coming on. Um, I quite like the McEachran, Kemp and, and Card at the minute. I think Card played quite well yesterday. And I think McEachran, Tom Brewitt may, may be your... Uh, your. No, no, not at all. I think Brewitt starts. I think he was certainly good enough. I think maybe, you know, um, Uwakwe for Ward, maybe Young for Wakeling and everything else stays the same, I think. Yeah, that's it. I think we've had far too many uh, changes in, in the in the past couple of seasons. Uh, so it's nice to, to hopefully get a bit of a settled side together. And I think once we've got some of the injuries back, um, that will help that even further because we forget that we've got quite a few out as well injured. Um, but yeah, I think that plus a striker will be uh, will be good to go. Yeah, and, and I think that's the thing that I can shrug off. You know, a lot of people saying that this 11, it was solid, it was good, but injuries will come and that bench, yeah, we need, we need a few more bodies. Yeah, I'd agree. Okay, well, I think that is a splendid debut. Ben, from yourself, for somebody from Oxfordshire, no less. Um, you, you know, it's quite an admission. Um, but like I said, former Swindon Town Heartlands, Oxfordshire. Um, so thank you very much. And until next time, let's go. Thank you. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. The views given do not reflect those of Swindertown Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast logo was created by the most splendid Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, you Reds. Come on, Swindon. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 